an impromptu Distazapod. I got Gavin Mackey here. How's it going? Uh, Gavin is, of course, probably the biggest contributor to the visual aspects of Knights of the Slice over the past couple of years. Uh, Gavin and I are knee-deep in the reimagining and retelling of the Malignant Bullet Rex Gannon storyline. Mm-hmm. Very mm-hmm. exciting time. And uh, we haven't seen each other in a while. We're playing catch-up, and I thought it was kind of interesting mm-hmm. to, uh, while we eat our sandwiches and chips... Right into the microphone. Right into the microphone, <laughs> on mic, um, to let you guys listen to our catch-up. And we sort of kicked this off with uh, my revelation that I think... The stories that are compelling to me lately are stories that involve class consciousness or class struggle. And by contrast, I think the reason why I've largely been uninterested in Disney products, especially Marvel and Star Wars, is that they're not really telling a story through that lens. And that ultimately, I believe that the biggest, most material challenge to the world in today is one of uh, classistness, classicism. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the red jargon is, but um, so that's uh, where we sort of started the discussion. Now I, I'm obligated to ask you: Have you gotten the Disney Plus injection and gotten their serial number tattoo on your <laughs> forearm for the Mandalorian? Because as you know, if you're not participating in this cultural uh, discussion at the moment with your uh, conscription into the Disney Plus army, uh, you're likely to be, um, you know, terminated. Uh, terminated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. with with uh, prejudice. Has that come out yet? It has. Mm-hmm. I had no interest in getting the service, but I became quickly inundated with text messages. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, dead. Have you seen the Mandalorian? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Dead relatives started mm-hmm, mm-hmm. reaching out from beyond okay. to communicate to me that I need Disney Plus, which is great marketing on Disney's part. I yeah, don't yeah, know. yeah. How did they get them? <laughs> Imagineers. <laughs> um, so I reluctantly signed up for it just so people will, will shut up. And uh, I watched half of The Mandalorian um, Quest for the Clitoris, I believe oh. is the subtitle. <laughs> I think you got a different different service <laughs> disney for adults uh disney after dark and uh i fell asleep uh, halfway through i can't quite tell if it's good or bad yet i i mm. don't have enough um visually it's stunning it looks interesting um i don't want to give any spoilers away obviously the budget is where it needs to be because it's a mm-hmm. it's a expensive product to sort of tell these stories um but I have a real Star Wars fatigue. I have a real Marvel fatigue. And I, going and seeing Parasite uh, puts Disney's efforts in such sharp contrast that I, I really have a hard time enjoying them because I think, for me, I need to be challenged by the media I consume. I, don't, I can't be placated by it. Mm-hmm. I'm not a person that... Like is good with soothing. They, I mean, a lot of the Disney and Marvel stuff nowadays uh, follow very specific formula, and it's just the more you watch, the more you recognize the patterns, and the less it surprises you and interests you. Are you familiar with the Hayes Code? No, no, no. So this was a um, in the the golden era of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. The there was this Hayes Code, which I think I could be mistaken, um, but I think was a government enforced 
set of guidelines. The way that the FBI had say no to drugs, it juxtaposed in every arcade game. When is you, this sort of like the um, the comics code? It's a it's kind of like that, yeah. Okay. Um, and it was basically a moralistic guideline for filmmakers that they had to adhere to. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it was the the good guys, the good guy, the bad guys, the bad guy. Um, you know, uh, like there was a, I, I, I totally couldn't tell you the correct names, but there was a French book that was adapted into a film. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning of the, uh, the book, a character steals an apple from an apple cart and eats the apple and that's it. Mm-hmm. In the movie, they made sure a cop chases after that character to, oh, I see. to reinforce this idea of right and wrong and, mm-hmm. and things like that. And, um... I think largely if you look at the current state of the films that, you know, we were being force-fed, they actually fit into this moralistic code, Mm -hmm. which is crazy to me. It's insane. It's insanity. I mean, then you get real edgelord movies like uh, The Joker, the masterpiece. Yeah, which I, I think is why people, why media, the media class was putting such a tizzy over it. Yeah. Because... Uh, I mean, there's any number of reasons why they had such a fucking flame out over it. But I, I think because, uh, you know, we've lost that critical piece of our minds where we can't handle something that doesn't doesn't work within the Hayes Code. And I, I think we sort of regressed to that code because um, we can't escape now how bad life is for most people. Um, the sort of... The election cycle has unfortunately shook us awake, mm. and we can no longer sort of hide behind like charismatic leaders of our countries who you know have a nice smile and things like that. We actually are being exposed to you know the real suffering that happens in, yeah, yeah. in life, and I think that that's made people in their escapism and entertainment sort of regress and gravitate towards uh, you know this primitive sort of these guidelines that do not reflect real life, but maybe make you feel safer or, you know, um, like it's not, like there are really good guys out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse did a good job of sort of shaking things up a bit. Um, If you remember, um, not trying to spoil it, but... One of the characters that Miles Morales looks up to turns out to be... Peter um, Parker. Yep. No. I, no? <laughs> um, turns out to be a villain later. Oh, right. The Prowler, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But not, he's not necessarily evil. Right. He's just got his own, you know, different... His own hustle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could argue that the Prowler is more of a... Well, I mean, Peter Parker, Spider-Man, and Miles Morales, arguably working class people, yeah, right? yeah. They're not like the Tony Starks or the no. Reed Richards. You know, I think that was an interesting part in Joker as well. Uh, Bruce Wayne is the bad guy. In, or, uh, Thomas Wayne is the bad guy. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Did you not see it? No. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Um, I'm, I'm sort of making that assumption. That's not something that's necessarily spelled out or implicit in the film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But... Uh, I guess I probably should ask you if you'd seen it. I mean, I don't care. I've, you know, we we all know where the, what happens to the Joker. He becomes the Joker. Yeah, damn, you're good. <laughs> this has been Movie Psychic with Gavin Mackey. 
Um, Gavin, maybe you want to tell the audience how we got started working together. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I know you really want to eat the sandwich, but... That's a good sandwich. I think it's my <laughs> turn to have a bite of the sandwich. And is this gluten-free? Does it taste a little off to you? No. Tastes like regular bread. Yeah, I think they fucked you. I don't know. It's kind of not pulley a party. Is that a a sign of gluten free? I think it's I think it's gluten free. Yeah. Anyway, okay. yeah. Tell the audience while I have a bite. So um, basically, I just graduated um, art school, and um, they they don't really prepare you for the outside world. Um, I was I was looking for all these jobs, applying to places, and just sort of coming up nowhere, and I, I wasn't really sure what to do. Um, so um, I was a fan of these uh, the Glios toys. Um, I'd seen them around. I'd actually uh, heard of you guys through Frederator. Through mm. um, they did that one little spotlight of the the Kickstarter, right? And uh, it was really interesting. It was fascinating. Um, so they, they'd kind of been on my radar for a few years. And uh, after graduation, I got more interested and invested. And I thought, fuck it, just for fun, I'm going to like do a little, some illustrations and comics. And I posted them on the fan pages. And they, they were really well received, far like better than anything I had posted before. I'd posted like fan art on my my Tumblr and my Instagram, RIP Tumblr, mm-hmm. um, and you, nothing, nothing. But because the the fan base was so sort of niche, there was a much bigger audience for it, and they they really attached themselves to it. So Jesse. Seeing a, a business opportunity here. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Um, he reached out to me and said, "Hey, do you want to like do a do a comic for me too?" And um, for my Me Too experience. So I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was catching a lot of flack. <laughs> I was canceled. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "We gotta win the fans back." <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, and then I'll let you take a bite, and now I'll, I'll cover for you. Sure, sure. Um, Again, we're eating delicious sandwiches. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, we met at that coffee shop. Mm-hmm. I brought a bunch of stuff, and you had your sketchbooks, and um, we were off to the races from that point. Yeah, yeah. Do you, what was the first, the first comic one, we did? The first one we did was uh, Rebel. Rebel, right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we were in the first old heroes phase of things. I think the, the comic of Rebel really... Um, influenced how the fans uh, saw the figure because uh, I, I sort of wrote that he was like obsessed with guns and making his own crazy guns and then when the figure was released all the fans are posting like um, like pictures of their figure with like all these crazy gun attachments and stuff like that there's no question I think that yeah. the the heavy lifting of old heroes that was really a make or break Mm-hmm. sort of juncture for Knights of Slice because you can only push a single tool, a single style of figure so far before people will not accept repaints. Mm. And the old heroes, you know, the premise was taking these characters and body types that did not fit on a knight body and making it work on that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, for any number of financial reasons. And I I agree with you 100%. I think if 
you had not reinterpreted this character, uh, it would not have been as deep of an experience. And you're 100% right that your depiction of him in that comic with just like a, a sort of Liefeld-like strap of guns, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. that cemented how everybody else has portrayed him since. Mm-hmm. And I think that's pretty... That's That's kind of like practically magic, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you think of, like, magical realism, like, that is a magical event where Mm -hmm. you were able to influence people's thinking just by your own sort of talent and putting lines to a paper. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It really, uh, it really, like, changes the the perception of, you know, the toy itself. Yeah. It's it's just a piece of plastic, but as soon as you put a story to it, it becomes something else. I, I agree. I'm, uh... You know, I, I I look at, I have this utopian vision in my head, right? And uh, it's two or three years from now. I actually draw a salary. I get paid for this. Mm-hmm. You're there. You're working full-time on the comics. Jack's there. He's working full-time on the 3D. Nikki's there. He's working full-time on the video. That'd and be nice. we just have this, like, enterprise. Like a studio. Yeah. Uh, and I can see it so clearly in my head. I, I think we're very far away from that. Yeah. <laughs> but but every year it's getting better and better. It is. It is. I, I've, I've changed my thinking now because my immediate goal, like I always think, oh, if I had $50,000 extra, what would I do? And mm-hmm. the answer up until this point was, oh, I would hire somebody else or I'd hire more people. Mm-hmm. And I now understand that I can't keep living off of not this business for my sanity's sake. Yeah. Like yeah. I think the first the first big change up has to be a meager salary that goes to myself just so if this all disappears tomorrow mm-hmm. there's a little bit of cushioning there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I have to stop putting myself after 5 years, you know, it'll be 5 years next in 2020. Wow. I have to um I guess take care of myself, you know, I can't borrow from savings. I can't like yeah, skate yeah. by. You need to be, like, more stable about yeah. this stuff. Yeah. And then from there, it becomes sort of assembling a team and, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, trying to keep up with the demand of things. But So you're going to be the, the uh, Nick Fury? Uh, well, he's a big government type of guy, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'd be more like Barney from The the Expendables, you know, okay. Stallone's yeah, character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got to assemble a team of greasy, uh, yeah, steroided yeah, yeah. out 60-year-old men. <laughs> With just veins popping out everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, you know, I I want more story. I want more comics. I, I, you know, if I could wave a magic wand, it would be me and you, like, working on this stuff full time, mm-hmm. like, eight days a week, 47 hours a day. That'd be great. Um but I do have, I have started doing ash cans, and I have one for you. I made one of the Harley and Marley okay, comics okay. we did. And that's been a, a nice, easy bridge way. Mm-hmm. Within a week's time, I can kind of do all the pages for them. Actually, let me grab one. Okay. I got a, it's a handmade sample, so it's not quite stapled the right way or printed or cropped the correct way, but it gives you a basic idea. Um, mm. So I see these little zines as being a good way to kind of scratch that itch and, you know, just uh, for me, I got to be able to do the art myself really quick and it's got to be sloppy and mm-hmm. 
and sort of semi-coherent. Uh, it's fun, though. Yeah, I think so. But then when we do something like this Malignant Bullet relaunch, mm -hmm. you know, it's got to be very polished. It's got to be... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just got to be better than that. This is going to be good. I think so. I, I feel like I've never felt so confident about my art in the with this project. Yeah. Well, you have good reason to, I think. Um, I'm actually very envious of you because I think that you found an audience relatively easy for people like you and me, for what we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think you. I don't think you take that for granted either. I think it's it's totally worth. Yeah, for your, sure. You know, you deserve it. Um, but I just think back to like all the small glios projects I would do, and it mm -hmm. would just land with a thud. Nobody would buy one. Yeah, I or, mean, hey, I've been there. <laughs> I've I've got my own stuff that that doesn't land. Yeah. Um, but I'm happy that uh, you know you found a little niche to. Uh, a little Nietzsche to carve out here. Mm, mm. And, um, yeah, I think it's good. I just, you know, I just want to continue to sort of tell stories as long as we can. I think there's so much potential in the universe that we could really go anywhere with it. Yeah. You know, I've lately, uh, I'm kind of getting into the, uh, intergalactic aspect of it mm -hmm, with mm -hmm. Spice Fleet coming soon and, um, I got some things to show you off camera, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, I think that interplanetary exploration is very interesting. Yeah, for sure. And you, it could be anything out there. Yeah, it really could. Um, and, uh, you know, just generally, I think we both like the sci-fi vibe too. That's a really definitely, fun, definitely. That's a fun, uh, piece to kind of noodle around with. Um, do you like pickles? Love pickles. Okay. Pickles after a sandwich. Very good. Pickles on a sandwich? Pickles on a Do you want a pickle? I'll take a pickle. I, I'm eating this little disc one, but I'll give you a, uh, a full pickle. Do you like spicy pickles? Sure. Okay. Good, because nobody's eating these. Hold on, folks. We're opening a pickle jar. There we go. I like pickles, but... You keep that fucking pickle Rick away from me. Yeah. It's the it's back. Is he back? He's back. The episodes are back. Oh man. Um the store I work at, we're gonna be flooded and more Rick Funko Pops. Um God, I can't wait. I don't uh I don't know anything about Rick and Morty. And I know people are very passionate about it. I don't wanna besmirch Sure. Honestly, something that's important to people. It's it's a great show. Yeah. It's very. It's just the fans that have ruined it. Kind. Of, it's maybe you know. Maybe it's like it's the fans. Maybe it's just the culture around it. Just you when you hear so much of it, it's yeah. just like, and they they took it they took it so far, especially after the uh, the Szechuan sauce incident. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, that's what the protests in Hong Kong are, are all about. Oh. Yeah. Honestly, you think it's about uh, independence, but it's about Szechuan sauce. Mm. And, um, you no, know, that's a spicy pickle. It is spicy. That's why I haven't eaten these. Um, uh, Gavin is also about Hong Kong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're listening to political talk with, uh, Gavin Mackey. Um, ah, uh, you made me lose my train of thought. You bastard. Gavin is eating his pickle like a, uh, ear of corn right now. <laughs> Slowly row by row, uh, nibbling on it. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> um, you have to go back to the city, right? Because mm-hmm. there's a drawing class at Cosm at 7.30. I won't be able to make it. Yeah, okay. I figured as much. That sounds good, though. It's fun. It's Love Now, that's a spicy fun. pickle. That is a spicy pickle. <laughs> You've been, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went a good one. I think it went two times, two or three times. Yeah, sounds about right. Um, well, what else? What's uh, what's interesting that you can tell people? Hmm. What do they want to know about Gavin Mackey? Will you ever design your own Glios toy? Is that ever going to happen? Will you take the, the leap and become a toy maker? I would love to. I, I have plans for one. I, I've got the ideas in my head. All i got to do is... Uh, Buckle down, sketch them out, and probably send them to Jack. Yeah. Um, and but, be rich. Yes, yes. Then then profit. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> that's really all there is to it, folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, I think, I hope you step into the arena one day. I don't know. Maybe you have rich, reclusive uncles that are, you know, they got a bad ticker. Mm. I don't know. But. Um, so I should kill him. Hey, <laughs> what if he had a little accident? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be funny? What if he stepped on a Lego and it, fell down the stairs? Wouldn't it be funny if his brakes stopped working? <laughs> the brakes in his wheelchair? <laughs> Terrible. Um, boy, well, I hope you guys have enjoyed this uh, virtual hangout. <laughs> this is really, this is really what it's like. Uh, Talking with Gavin Mackey and eating, you know, eating a sandwich. I've always wanted to, uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I'm always like, wanted to be on the other side because I'm like, these are my best friends. <laughs> <laughs> it does feel that way though, right? And finally, I'm here. I'm on um, the other side. And boy, let me tell you, it's scary. First of all, we're not best friends. I want to be 100% okay. clear. Um, <laughs> what podcasts are you listening to? Oh, man. Come Town. Gavin is a big come boy. Well, he listens to Come Town. Just not around his girlfriend. <laughs> There's this one podcast I listen to called uh, Doughboys, and they talk about fast food chains, and it's yeah. so hilarious. But they always, like, so, so one way or another, they come back to, like, cum jokes. And my yeah. girlfriend just stares at me, and she's like, what the fuck are you listening to? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, definitely don't listen to Come Town around her, honestly. Cause, is that uh, a real podcast? It is a real podcast. It, I, I would say it is... Um, it's intentionally the most vulgar podcast that exists. And I, I actually think that in this age of sanitized mm-hmm. ways of speaking, I actually think it's an important counterpoint to this. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, they're saying stupid, misogynistic, racist, homophobic shit. So they're, they're kind of like uh, trauma movies. They're kind of like trauma movies or they're kind of like, I guess, what how I perceived Howard Stern back when I was like in high school mm. and I first had a car there, there is a, uh, we've lost our appreciation of vulgarity. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that cancel culture is sort of the ugly tumor of what people call PC culture, but I think that's something different actually. Yeah, I can unpack yeah. that separately. And I think we're all sick of it. We're sick of language police. It's not a left or right issue. It's just we're all just generally we don't we don't like the monitoring and policing of this. Yeah. yeah. And I think we've started to turn collectively. I think the majority of people are done with um, with just language being used 
and interpret it as a weapon because it's not because there are fucking real shit that needs canceling yeah for sure and real suffering and you you know dust-ups on twitter are not reality by any stretch and also like some of these cancels they they don't even last for that long yeah like if you remember uh, pewdiepie yeah, he yeah. He was hard canceled. And he's, right. he's still making he's back. videos. Then all of his fans like came back. Your he, buddy Harvey Weinstein, you just went buddy. to that you just went to that comedy club with hold, him. Hold on a second. <laughs> and then I saw I saw your pictures of you on uh, Jeffrey Epstein's plane. That oh was, no. Yeah. I don't want to talk about you that. You helped fake his death. Um, that's uh Gavin Mackey. Uh, Gavin Mackey at uh, Gmail. <laughs> um Yeah, I just think I, I I've come to appreciate uh smart vulgarity i mean there's a difference between like uh just like shitty alt-right comedians that aren't funny and and just being antagonistic what's a what's a good example of that i think like steven crowder okay i think he he's just a shithead yeah i i think he's sort of a failed comedian who found he could get a following by being antagonistic and gotcha, picking fights gotcha. with college kids, which is... That's it's just low-hanging fruit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think that's a good example of, like, that. that's just a guy... He may or may not have shitty politics. He may or may not genuinely believe any of that shit. Yeah. I just think he's, he's kind of a failed entertainer, mm-hmm. and he's not particularly smart, or uh, he's not being transgressive or interesting. That's just the coffee machine cleaning okay, itself. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's flating itself. <laughs> yeah, it's very high tech and it's Italian. I gotta get me one of those. <laughs> um, <laughs> never wanted to be a coffee machine so bad in my life. Uh, but then I think of uh, you know like the the dirtbag left, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. I think they're actually doing interesting things and in pushing back on quote unquote PC culture and just saying shit that they want to say, mm-hmm. and the words are just that because actually the policies that these people uh, have adapted and support and the candidates they support speak a hell of a lot more to what they're actually made of rather than, you know, how they sort of talk amongst friends on a podcast or things yeah, like that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I think, like, uh, you know, an opposite example of it is uh, Trump's locker room talk, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't think anybody would defend that as, like, a defensible thing that he said. It's yeah, just yeah, one yeah. of many gross things. Yeah. But the establishment media pushed that his speaking of acts were the same as committing acts in reality. Mm. And maybe it is. Maybe it is a confession on his part. But you can't sort of conflate the two things. Mm. Actually doing the act and bragging about something that may or may not happen is not the same in material reality. True, true. But don't they have uh, records of him doing stuff like that? Yeah, no question. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying make the headline about the records of things that he's Mm, actually done mm, rather than focusing on the speech of somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's a very nuanced kind of dangerous, like... Uh, you know, area to like discuss. It's tricky, but I, I, I do think that there is, you know, uh, Trump can say whatever the fuck he wants. Mm-hmm. I'm more concerned with the actual things that he enacts or the yeah, actual yeah. people he affects. For sure, for sure. And I think that there's a, there's a distinction there that we have failed to make as a culture, and we continue to fail to make. Yeah. 
It's, um, yeah, people get really outraged at the stuff he does, but then, you know, he, do, he does so much of it. It's like, what, 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 what we can't even do anything about it because as soon as he does one thing, yeah, something else happens. You know, I heard, I think I heard this on David Pakman's show. He said that everybody wants to say that we're in 1984, mm-hmm. but actually the world is much more reflective of uh, Aldous Huxley's A Brave New World, mm. in which, you know, 1984 was about censorship and uh you know truth being obscured and things like that brave new world was about uh truth being trivial it doesn't matter because there's so much going on there's so much distraction yeah and i think that's a much better that's pretty good yeah that's a state of the world more than we're not we're not censored in like i i go to mainland china Mm -hmm. and while i respect greatly uh president (laughs) g and his accomplishments there are restrictions on internet use and apps you can yeah, use that we yeah. don't have here. Mm-hmm. We don't have that in America. You know, people yeah, yeah, yeah. people portray America as being a totalitarian state and things like that. But mm-hmm. That's that's not true. I've no, been no, no. to places like that. It's yeah. it's different. Um, and now I've totally forgot my point. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I would say that we actually don't need a totalitarian state here because what we have instead is a distraction state. Mm, with mm. Disney Plus, yeah. forty eight thousand movies you want to watch for seven ninety nine. You know, like mm-hmm. that is the true obscuring of truth that's happening. It's not, it's not you know, um, the FCC allowing telecommunications companies to throttle internet access yeah. or shit like that. Well, the thing about the 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 lack of control with, with uh, hold on, let me try that again. Yeah. Um, the thing about America is that a lot of things are going wrong, but it's, it feels like nothing is being done about it. And a lot of people don't really know how, how to do anything about it. There's, it's not very clear. Yeah. Um, and because there's so much of it, people just sort of push it off to the side. And you, sometimes they have to, you know, whenever I think about, uh, the environment, I, I go crazy. Yeah. I, I'm going to have a panic attack right now. I know. Gavin doesn't like trees or rivers. <laughs> and if he's not out there polluting, he just doesn't feel right. He just threw a, a tin can down down the hill, actually. Um, yeah, I, but I, I do think there are... There's very basic things that mm-hmm. you can do. And I think the basic, most fundamental step everybody can take is to elect officials that do not take corporate money Mm. i think that is a baseline thing because i don't actually think bigger government can solve anything in the current state government is in Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. i think a government with more people that totally uh do not accept corporate money Mm -hmm. may govern a little more directly to the people not to say that they couldn't be corrupted or they will be imperfect and fail. Yeah. But yeah. I think that they, you know, the Citizens United ruling, allowing unlimited corporate donations and things like that, that was a huge step backwards. And I think that if we can elect officials, I don't care if they're left or right, that are eschewing mm-hmm. big money and only taking private personal donations, Yeah. Um, I think that is a step hugely in the right direction for sure for sure definitely ha so fucking suck on that so who are you telling the fans to vote for oh i've i've never uh rang in i've never weighed in on that and uh 
I don't know if I would start. Okay. Well, um, I'm not a citizen, so I will not be voting this year. That's right. You're a citizen of uh, Little St. John's Island, right? <laughs> Officially. <laughs> well, I'm a citizen of the UK, and things are not much better there. Wait, are you really? Mm-hmm. How the fuck is that possible? I was born in Scotland. What? Yeah, you didn't know this? No! What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, I was born in Scotland, and I lived there for about uh, a year. And then we moved to America for, for, you know, land of opportunity. Do you have an accent? Do I sound like I have an accent? No, but can, <laughs> could you do an accent? Uh, not really. Wow. Do your parents have They've accents? got accents. I, my... Even my brothers have little accents. Even my younger one that was born in America has a little bit of a, an accent, but this me, is I just don't have anything. Absolutely fucking blowing my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. A filthy scotch is in my house. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever watched um, Garth Marenghi's Dark Places? No. You should watch it. It's a sort of faux Stephen King mm. show. It was, okay. a, it, I think it was a BBC production. It was on Comedy Central like 10 years ago. Okay, okay. Um, and they have this episode called The Scotch Mist. Okay. And uh, the, the setting is this hospital, dark place. Mm -hmm where this guy's a doctor, but he's also carries a gun. He's okay, like the coolest okay. dude alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they get, uh, they are overtaken by the Scotch mist. Mm -hmm. And it's just Scottish people with bagpipes that like <laughs> appear when the mist covers them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the whole episode is just them, you know, so it's a it's British like, show. It's, it's like the mist. It's the mist, but it's but the Scotch mist. Instead of giant spiders, it's Scotsmen. Yeah. And they're, they just, all of the cast spend the whole episode just shitting on <laughs> Scotland. <laughs> Like they all have traumatic experiences of being at the airport there yeah. and like it's so funny and then it just culminates with just these scots coming out of the mist playing bagpipes and it's like not it's they not don't a threat even do anything no <laughs> uh, i'm gonna have to look that up that sounds great <laughs> yeah um oh man it's so funny yeah you i i think you can probably watch them all on youtube i don't know if it's uh streaming anywhere mm, but mm. i'll check it out yeah it's a really great uh Really good show. Mm. Well, that's all I got to fucking talk about. Jesse, are there any uh, any toys out right now that you're excited about? Um, non Knights of the Slice stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, we're always excited. If we weren't excited about Knights of the Slice, hey, just put a fucking just Kurt Cobain yourself. Oh wait, no, <laughs> don't get murdered by Courtney Love. Never mind, scratch that. <laughs> well, hold on a second. <laughs> um, uh, I think that, uh, I've talked about this before, but the Hasbro Black Series and the Mighty Morphing Power Rangers Lightning Collection, I think it's called. Is... Wait, the uh, Star Wars Black Series? Yeah, the six-inch mm. figures that they've been doing lately are really fantastic. Mm, mm. And I highly recommend them. Um, other than that, I'm not, I'm so stuck in my own world. I mean, I guess we could say House of Gog okay. with their huge statue which is sitting right here mm -hmm. i still have to mm -hmm. open it we we're yeah. very excited yeah. for uh pa and have his partner the, the statues in there i haven't checked yet it's heavy okay. it could just be rocks that they like sent me elephant poop <laughs> fossilized <laughs> um so i i would say house of gog i'm excited for mm -hmm. i'm happy for those guys everybody should uh check them out and follow them mm -hmm. and uh i think we're ready to talk secret stuff so we're going to bid farewell mm -hmm. to the audience mm -hmm. and the only thing left to say is pizza out hey he did it <laughs>